Hello, good afternoon. I'm Panos Papazor from EY. Uh, if you have not, we are not satisfied with uh, your dessert after the nice lunch. I hope that we'll be offering a nice dessert discussion today about attractiveness of Greece as an investment destination. So before, before, uh, first of all, to introduce you to the panel, on my left-hand side is George Linatsas, Group Managing Director and Founding Partner of Axia Ventures. James Christopoulos, Senior Managing Director of CVC Capital Partners, a very active investor these days in Greece. Mr. George Burns, President and CEO of Eldorado Gold, probably one of the biggest in terms of value investments in Greece but with a lot of turbulence in the last years, so we'll hear about this, these issues you had in investing in Greece. Alex Blades from uh, Paulson & Co., uh, another major investor, and Ant Anthony Tony Iannaccio, Senior Managing Director of Verde Global Real Estate, again, a significant, important investor in, in the Greek real estate sector. Now, before starting with the questions to, uh, to, our, to our panel, I want to give you some very short highlights about a survey that EY is doing globally, trying to measure through interviews with, with investors, potential investors, how, how investors view individual countries, individual markets, in terms of how attractive they are for them, and what are the issues they are facing and what they expect to see from these markets in order for them to invest. Now, mo moving to the next slide, because I don't have, do I have a, is this one? No? Yes. Okay, first of all, in Greece was not a very attractive destination in the last years. As you can see, in, in the last year, Greece was in the 32nd place in terms of the number of investment projects we, we hosted during the last 10 years. So 32nd position. Now, during that period, during this 10 years period, we never reached the top 30 investment destinations in Europe. <coughs> now, the survey was conducted through um, uh, fiscal interviews. The interviews were conducted in 20 different countries. You see the composition of the sample. So majority were from Western Europe and North America, with fewer in Asia, Russia, United Arab Emirates, and the rest. The number of interviews, and I have to say here that this survey was conducted just before the elections, the last elections in Greece. So it was conducted late March, beginning of April 2019. So there were 202 interviews of which 99 interviews were conducted in Greece. 
So in reality, from those who have already invested in Greece, and 103 outside of Greece. You see the job title of uh, those who were interviewed. Now, based on the survey, at the time when the survey happened, 47% of the respondents say that their perception of Greece as an investment destination has improved. And 76% of the respondents said that they expect that things will improve further in the next years. You see the comparatives of the other countries in Europe. In this survey, for the first time, Greece appears as the most attractive investment destination in Europe. Thirty percent of the respondents said that they have plans to start or increase their presence in Greece. You see the rest average of Europe is 27 percent and Greece being well above other European, a selective uh, number of other European countries here. Now, in, in, in uh, Greece performance, because there were a number of questions, is considered poor in a number of different uh, sectors. If you see attraction of capital, the positive reply is only 32%. It goes up to attract, at, at, attractiveness of innovation activities, 49%. So below the 50% uh, threshold. And you see also how the other questions were, uh, were answered. Now, where Greece stands out as an investment destination, you see here the very positive answers. 83% is quality of life, local labor skills 70%, telecommunication infrastructure 67%, and all the rest. And you see some comparison with other European countries as well. I'm going a little bit fast. Now, which are the drawbacks? If you see, number one drawback, corporate taxation. Only 20% positive answers. Below 50% is also the labor flexibility regarding hiring, termination, and duration of work. And again, you see on those questions uh, some comparison with other European countries. There was a question what Greece should do in order to reverse the climate. You see number one is reducing taxation. Number two, developing education and skills. Number three, support high-tech industries and innovation. And the rest uh, of, of the replies you can see on this table. So, these were some very high-level um, comments on the survey. Actually, the survey is, is really big, so we couldn't cover it in, 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 this, in this panel. And I start immediately with, uh, with our panelists, and the first question is, one of the findings of this survey is that almost half, as we saw the investors, respondents to the survey, believe that reducing taxation will greatly improve 
Greece's competitive advantage and position in the global economy. How would you assess the country's progress in this regard? In your opinion, are there incentives, tax-wise, for a new business to invest and set up operation in Greece? And I start with George. Thank you, Panos. Um, well, I don't think anybody can argue against that. <laughs> On this panel, at least, the taxation issue is a huge problem. Um, obviously, there's a new government, and it's pro-growth, pro-investments, and pro-lower taxes. However, the country needs to adhere to the program uh, targets. And in order to do so, this uh, taxation reduction needs to be gradual over time. And as I saw in uh, the responses there, um, even against a country like Germany, which is not known for its low taxes, it has high taxes, um, is ranked much higher than Greece. So obviously there's a lot to be done there. Unfortunately, I don't think, despite the willingness of the government, despite uh, what is really needed in the market, I'm not sure this can be achieved um, as fast as uh, the economy would have liked it. Uh, just one, one point here that uh, we're all fascinated about uh, taxes and how to make them more attractive to attract investments. But as we've seen in other countries that have higher taxes, it's other issues that take uh, into account uh, the final decision like political stability, pro-growth initiatives, GDP outlook for GDP growth. And some of these things are coming to the forefront for the first time in ages very, very, for Greece scoring very highly. Uh, and I think that could overcome the taxation issue um, over the next few years. Thank you very much, George, indeed. And uh, as we heard today from uh, the Minister of Finance and the Prime Minister as well, we can say that this, this box probably sticked already because we heard about significant reductions in taxation. Now the, the question is stability. Moving to James and George, a question for both of you, so both of you can answer this question. If you could advise the government on the three most important priorities to attract investments, what would, you be, what would you be your recommendations? Obviously taxation, we heard previously. Any other recommendations? And I'll start with James. Sure. Well, uh, first, just building off of uh, George's point there, stability, predictability is crucial. So having, obviously, a new government with a long-term horizon is a, is a great step in that direction, but a lot of that is communication and building confidence that uh, things will, will keep improving and, more importantly, not take an adverse change. That in and of itself is a great first step. Um, and these are in no particular order, but I would say judiciary reform is another one that Certainly, uh, we, like many other investors, are focused on understanding, again, some of that is substance, simplifying the system, increasing the speed, and a lot of it is just building the confidence and sentiment around it. The last one I would say is really tied to um, increasing the external growth opportunities for Greek companies. Uh, Greece, in the end of the day, in of itself, is not a huge market, but we're in a part of the world where there should be a lot of opportunities to expand into the region and beyond. And so any way the government can support the outward-facing parts of the economy, I think, will be crucial. 
Thank you very much. George? I think foremost for us, it's to be a partner. Uh, being invested in, in a country, it's, it's critically important that the government works together to overcome challenges that are going to come along the way in any long-term business. For us, uh, every investor wants clear, sound, and timely regulation that provides legal security and curbs bureaucracy. This is critically important for the mining industry that it, in that it's technically complex, capitally intensive, and heavily regulated. And the last I'd say is transparency around foreign direct investment. We need policy that sets out reciprocal obligations for the state and the investor, that provides security to support capital allocation and enable financing. Thank you very much, George. Alex, a question for you. You have in invested, Paulson Nico has invested over the last year significant amounts of money in two systemic banks. So what do you believe are the prospects for the Greek banking system moving forward after, you know, the experience of the previous years and what hap is happening uh, right now in, in the ecosystem of, of, of the banking sector in Greece? Well, um, we, yeah, it, we have been involved in the banking system for some time now, and I think uh, one can safely say at this juncture that the prospects are now favorable. And uh, there are many reasons for this, but I think I would, uh, I would highlight um, three in particular. Uh, the first is the, the pro-growth agenda of the new government. And um, this really is fundamental. It's, uh, it really is a sea change. Um, although a lot of work was done during the crisis by uh, successive governments to get the fiscal house in order, I think what we're seeing now is qualitatively different and uh, we believe it's going to make a very big difference. And I think all of us who've been at the conference uh, this morning and at the lunch can see that something different is taking place here. Um, reductions in taxes, uh, the efficiency of the state, um, the reform of the state, uh, a commitment to privatization and uh, bringing in uh, foreign capital and other investments. All of these things are going to increase the uh, rate of GDP growth. And I think we're already starting to see this. Um, I think we actually had some, uh, some numbers that surprised some people uh, a few days ago where the, um, the second and third quarter were uh, raised higher than it had previously been estimated. And I think you're gonna see now that uh, economists are probably going to um, uh, say with greater certainty that we're gonna be close to uh, or at uh, the, uh, the government's stated target of 2.8% uh, for next year. And this all bodes very well for the Greek banks because uh, the banks in the end are very much a reflection of the macro. Uh, the, the customers of the bank, of the banks live in this economy and if they're doing well, if they're in jobs, uh, they're gonna be able to pay back their loans and they're also going to uh, generate uh, more demand for credit. That's the first thing. Second thing, coming back to the government, they get an A plus, A double, A triple plus for Hercules. 
Um, and I, you know, I'd just like to mention George Zavos there as well, also the Hellenic Financial Stability Fund, the work they've done, and also the previous government also did begin this process, which the government acknowledges. So I think it's been a national effort to get the Hercules scheme in place, and it's going to make a huge difference in terms of reducing the MPE stock of the banks. They're going to be able to do so using their existing capital buffers and preserve those. Um, and so we're all going to see this difference. All the banks are going to be participating in the scheme, um, and it's, I think it's going to be very fruitful. And the third thing I'd like to mention uh, is what's going on with asset prices in Greece, and in particular real estate prices. And we had a great panel on this this morning. I think it's difficult uh, to come away from that, that not feeling uh, uh, enthusiastic about Greek real estate. And I'd just like to make the connection here between real estate prices and the banks, which is not always apparent to people, but it, it should be at the forefront of our minds because the banks are sitting on tens of billions of real estate collaterals. And if these go up in value, it has many positive effects, both on their non-performing books and their performing books. On the non-performing books, which uh, the banks want to clear gradually from their, or at, or at uh, potentially at an accelerated pace from their balance sheets. Rising real estate prices mean that they can do so with a lower cost of risk, lower cost, uh, at higher prices, and uh, they can do so faster, preserve their capital. Um, and so this is extremely beneficial. And uh, we're already seeing in most recent quarterly results that some of these banks are actually reversing their provisions on the, on, uh, on some of the non-performing exposures because of the trajectory of real estate prices. So uh, if, uh, if this trend continues, and it's hard to see why it would not, uh, we can expect more good news on that front. And then on the uh, performing side, as Greek businesses <coughs> and households uh, see their uh, assets increase in value, they're going to be able to produce these to the banks when they seek financing. So this is going to lead to more loan origination uh, and help the bank's top lines as well. So uh, I really think that a virtuous cycle is, uh, is beginning in the Greek banks. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Alex. Tony, a very disinactive player in the Greek real estate market. So to your mind, which segments of the Greek real estate market offer, if you like, the best prospects today? Yeah, so it's interesting. When we started, when we started looking at Greek real estate, uh, it was probably 2015, we were probably, like most people, very interested in hotels and hospitality, just given the, the tourism theme and, and what we heard about <clears throat> this morning in terms of the rapid growth of, of tourist arrivals in Greece. I'd say, I mean, interestingly enough, as we, after we did the acquisition of a majority stake in Trastor and, and set up a team locally, I think we probably found um, more, more simply that we just wanted to invest in prime assets in Athens. And I still think that is, you know, the, the, the most straightforward opportunity, the best risk adjusted return in, in Greek real estate. And um, as Alex mentioned, I mean, the, the, the real estate panel already did a lot of the job this morning in setting up why. I think you've just had a massive drawdown in, in those asset prices, rents, quite low. I think rents in Greek offices can still comfortably grow 50, sometimes 100%, and, and not be back to peak. Um, and so I, I guess one way we've looked at it is saying, 
we don't need to overcomplicate it that much. Number one, I think the Greek REITs um, don't have the kind of flexibility that REITs in some other countries do in terms of accepting operating income. And that's something I, I do think the, um, the government should work to change. Um, but hotels are complicated. Uh, and, and I think you know one thing that, that we've tried to stay away from is in a jurisdiction that's already pretty complex, um, you know, try to do real estate that's relatively straightforward. Um, so in addition to office, and, and you know, we like that for a number of reasons, there's very low vacancy in, in anything that looks like institutional product, rents are low, we feel like there's, there are great prospects there. Um, but also, you know, prime retail, the other transaction we did was with Lambda Development and, uh, and, and have exposure to those shopping center assets and then some of the, the assets we've done in trust are, being from or living in London and being an American, I'm supposed to run, you know, screaming from retail right now in, in real estate, and a lot of people won't touch it. I think, you know, we're, what we're looking at and sticking to true prime A plus assets, high street things that are that are, you know, very impervious to the difficulties that retailers are having, um, and in a country that has, I believe, still the lowest e-commerce penetration in Europe. Um, I, you know, I think we, we're still pretty strong believers in that. Th that said, I don't think there's really any one of the kind of major food groups that, you know, it, it's it's a, a one. Someone on the other panel made the, the 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 claim, and I think it's a good one. There's there's just not. We'll run out of institutional quality assets to buy at some point. And I think, you know, on that e-commerce point, there'll be a huge opportunity to develop last mile logistics and warehousing and and things like that. So I think. Um, there's still a lot to do in, in kind of regular way things, but I do, I do think there's quite a long way to run and what can be done in, in refurbishment and adding value to assets. Thank you. T Tony, as you said, you're an American living in London, so you have a balanced view of what's happening currently in, uh, in the UK. So with Maybe. Brexit and the Portas. So, so sorry? With Brexit and the Portas. Yes. Uh, do you believe, and we know that the UK was traditionally a very big market in, uh, for in, in the real estate, so do you believe that Brexit will increase the appetite for investments in, in, in the Greek market, for Greek assets? I, I, I think that's already happened. I, you know, if you look at volumes, especially outside of core <laughs> properties in London this year, you have asset, you know, you, transaction volumes are down 30, 50% in some areas. That's a huge capital base. The UK was always the biggest country by volume in terms of commercial real estate assets. It wasn't this year, I believe it's Germany in the last couple of years. And, and that's clearly, I think, Brexit related. And I, I you know, when, if, when we talked about this morning, the, the dearth of investment volumes you had during 2014, 15, 16, there was fear around government stability. We have that fear now in UK, and I think it's it's caused exactly what it caused here uh, in, in Greece some years ago. And I I, I think it'll benefit, uh, you know, really every other European country that has institutional real estate. Yep. Thank you, George. What lessons have you drawn from uh, uh, your group's experience in Greece, El Dorado? And more importantly, what are the lessons that, this, that the Greek state should draw from your experience? Well, building mines takes an enormous amount of capital effort and a whole lot of heart, and you can't get there alone. 
Um, it's critical to have alignment with stakeholders and it's critical to have support from the government. Investments need to work for both sides, the investor and the host government. Mining investments last for decades and there's huge capital expenditures up front. And things change over time, technologies, processes. And so, once again, it's, it's critical to have the ability to work together to realize the value from the key investment. Greece is an extremely geopolitical perspective country and geologically perspective for the mining business. It has an estimated 72 billion euros of untapped mineral wealth. If developed responsibly, mining could be a key industry for the country, helping to produce the raw materials that will underpin the global shift to a lower carbon future. And copper in particular will be sought after raw material. Our Scurries project is a gold copper porphyry that will produce over 30,000 tons of copper annually once in production. And last, from what we've learned, a mining investment in Greece can become heavily politicized, regardless of the merits of the investment or of its environmental track record. Regarding lessons for the Greek state, mining has the capacity to significantly and tangibly and sustainably add value and provide another key growth sector for Greece apart from tourism and shipping, capable to add another three to 4% GDP on top of the existing 3.4% of GDP currently. I'm proud of the legacy we're building in Greece where we drive, we're driving economic growth through job creation, tax, and export revenues. At the same time, we're designing our minds to minimize environmental footprint, using best available technologies to make our minds safer, and reclaiming areas no longer needed for mining use. These goals of economic development while looking out for the environment are shared by the Greek state. Second, Eldorado's investment in Greece is extremely significant at three billion US dollars to date. Our mines have the ability to be economic drivers over three generations in areas with few good jobs or other economic opportunities. We employ some 1,600 people in Greece, actively support local suppliers and businesses, and make investments in the local communities. We are making progress with the Greek state to restart our largest investment, the Scurries Project, that is currently 50% constructed, but in care and maintenance. Third, as this government has done, continue to be vocal on support of our investments backed by the benefits to the Greek state and the protections in place for safety and protection of the environment. In four, it may be appropriate for EU and the Greek government to adopt a similar to Canada's MAC code, Total Sustainable Mining. This is a code for commitment to responsible mining to ease environmental concerns of the public at large, especially at a time where climate change is a key consideration. 
Thank you very much, James. George, sorry. James, coming, coming back to you. CVC did some significant investment in investments in, uh, in uh, the last months in, uh, in the health sector in Greece. So the question is, what are the opportunities you have identified in this sector in Greece? That's number one. And number two, we're talking a lot in Greece about health tourism. Now, do you see the health tourism really developing in Greece, or do you see opportunities in this sector in Greece? Yeah, no, uh, Panos, you're, you're absolutely right. We have been very active over the last two years investing in uh, the private healthcare space in Greece. In fact, we've, we've now built a group of six hospitals, mostly in Athens, but most recently we were happy to also sign a deal to invest in a hospital in Crete, so we're growing our network even beyond Athens. Healthcare has been a great market for CVC. We've successfully invested in a lot of European countries. We're long-term investors, we're growth investors. We like to find good markets where we can partner with the right players and, and, and support their growth. So our thesis in Greece was in fact quite similar with what we've done in other European countries. We saw an opportunity to help re-energize the private healthcare market, bring fresh capital. Uh, unsurprisingly, in, in Greece, after a very long recession, it wasn't just the public healthcare space that was in a difficult situation. The private healthcare market as well was in a tough spot. Most of the players were overextended and in a difficult uh, position, not able to invest in their businesses. So we were able over the last two years to bring fresh capital, fresh energy. We've been investing in both the, the, the buildings, the patient rooms, bringing in new equipment, new technology, which is what the patients want, what, which is what the doctors want. And therefore, we've been able to create this new group that's become the number one destination both for patients but also for doctors. So what we saw was, frankly, a need for new capital to come in and re-energize that industry, and that was at the core of our thesis, and I, I think thus far it's been uh, very successful and we're, we're happy with the results, but still, uh, still, more to, still a lot more to do. And in fact, your question about health tourism is certainly a growth opportunity we've identified. You know, we're, I think we're all proud of our uh, country and having a, a beautiful um, city in Athens, and, and we, we think or assume it should become a very easy destination for medical tourism. Well, uh, we do have some great attributes. We have great staff, very well-trained doctors, uh, very good English-speaking knowledge across the country. Um, we now have a lot better links uh, through the, you know, the airport expanding and, and new airlines bringing new services. So a lot of positives over the last few years. But I, I would say what we've found is, uh, unsurprisingly, it's a competitive market. Uh, you have our neighbors and our friends in Cyprus who are making a push. Uh, a lot of investment in the Middle East, similarly trying to attract, uh, investing a lot in their hospitals, trying to attract the same types of patients we would love to bring uh, to Greece. So we think it's a great opportunity. We're certainly investing marketing dollars and um, trying to build out the network, but it, it will remain a very competitive space as well. Thank you very much. So it's potentially another area that can bring growth in, uh, in, in the Greek economy. George, coming to you, Axia Venture was and is very active in, in a number of Mediterranean countries, including Greece, Cyprus, Portugal, countries that had, you know, went under programs. 
So Greece was the last country to exit the bailout program. Do you feel that the destruction is complete? That's one part of, of, of the question. I have another question for you. Where do you see the most significant opportunities today in Greece for, for investors? As you very well stated, <clears throat> a lot of the countries in which we operate as a business um, have had issues. Some of them were at the programs like Portugal and Cyprus. Some of them, like in Italy, not really, but in, in reality, they did need the program, still do. Um, the problem with Greece was that there was no political stability or ability um, to do the things that needed to be done early on in the process um, to get out of this uh, without taking the country a toll of 10 years to do that. Um, we all know why, and this is history. Where we are today, I would say, and being an employer in all these countries, I see what we pay for Social Security, for example, in Portugal, in Italy, and all these countries. And I can tell you that the rigidity of the labor laws and the, some of the taxes, the indirect taxes in these countries are way above um, the rigidity and the level of these taxes in Greece. So I think Greece being um, late in responding and being forced to become, to go through three different uh, programs uh, was forced to undertake eventually a number of reforms that no other European country has ever undertaken. And I don't think there is the ability now in Europe to undertake all these reforms. So as a result of that, I think the country has um, leapfrogged ahead of its competitors in terms of adopting to what we should say is the new reality uh, in labor uh, issues, in judicial issues, um, in fiscal issues. That's why Greece is running such a huge primary surplus every year, which is unprecedented in the history of sovereigns, by the way. So I, I, I am very convinced that the country has done a lot more than any other European country. There are two minor points there. Point number one is the implementation of these reforms has to be done uh, in a manner that um, it's not just enough to pass a law, it's, it's important to also implement it, implement it the right way. And secondly, I'm sure there's a few more things that need to be done, but I don't think that's an issue anymore of the country's competitiveness. In terms of what sectors we see and what we um, advise our clients to do, obviously real estate remains a big play in Greece. And there was a previous panel to discuss real estate. Alex uh, mentioned real estate. We firmly believe there is tremendous hidden value in real estate. Um, it's not only hospitality on commercial real estate, but I think some of the residential um, real estate, uh, a lot of it is sitting on the balance sheets of the banks. It's completely uh, underpriced. Uh, if you look at some of these prices for the apartments, the banks own and everything else. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was in Lisbon a week ago at our office there, and we had the, we were negotiating a transaction. Actually, uh, Tony's company is on the other side of that transaction, Varde. And we were being told that the high-end uh, prices for apartments, the very high-end apartments in Lisbon, had a peak of around 7,000 euros per square meter before the crisis, and now they're going at 11 or 12,000. So not only they've surpassed the previous levels, they're way above the previous prices. 
Uh, I, I told them that in 2007, some of the peak prices in apartments in downtown Athens, especially the very affluent uh, neighborhoods, they would go for 10, in some cases 11 or 12,000 per square meter. But now you can still buy them. You're not going to buy them at 2,500. That was the case until two years ago. But you can still buy them at, I don't know, 5,000. So that's a comparison to Athens versus Lisbon. So you can see the upside there. And that also applies to other neighborhoods that you can still find apartments even below 1,000 euros per square meter. So real estate, energy is a big factor in the economy. Um, infrastructure in general. Um, is very important. And something that is not a sector, but it's a big trade, is all these NPLs that the banks are selling. Uh, we should not forget that out of these NPLs and behind them, there's thousands and thousands of small companies or SMEs. Some of them are brilliant, but they have a broken capital structure. And somebody has to undertake the job of extracting value, fixing the capital structure, doing mergers within the sectors, and extrapolating what that could mean for the Greek economy. So I think uh, Mr. Zavos being here, the Hercules project is gonna help a lot, and it was needed to have been done three years ago or four years ago as opposed to today, but thank God it's happening. Um, a lot of the portfolio trades that the Greek banks are doing should have happened, and finally they're happening. We're very, very optimistic about the prospects of the Greek banks, as Alex said. Um, and um, there is other one-off things that people should look into Greece but it's not a sector. George, thank you very much for your comprehensive reply. Unfortunately, we don't have time for questions from the floor because the time is passed already. Thank you very much for participating in the panel. Thank you so much.